Benvenidos, and welcome to the CrossFit SCV podcast. My name... <laughs> you can't even say Bienvenidos, right? You said Benvenidos. Who's Ben? Is there know. a guy out there named Ben? Bienvenidos. This is Curtis Marzinzik, and I welcome you to the CrossFit SCV podcast. Soften the D up a little bit. It's not Bienvenidos. It's Bienvenidos. You know what? Only you were good for softening the D. <sighs> I harden the D every time. Yeah. Bienvenidos. I'm joined with Nick Crest 2. <laughs> is that like crabgrass in one crass two? Nick crabgrass two. <laughs> Today, we're gonna rant a little bit. We're gonna rant a little bit. I've been reading a few articles lately. Uh, both two things I want to rant about to you, Nick. Uh, I want to rant about the nutrition articles I've been reading lately, and some of the anti anti CrossFit people articles uh, organizations that I see out there, and it. it I've just kind of reached the end of my rope with it a little bit and the self-promotion and some of the other crap that sort of CrossFit has given birth to. When I started CrossFit, none of this existed because CrossFit didn't exist. It, you know, it didn't exist. It, it was brand new and there, everybody wasn't monetized. And, you know, you wouldn't open up Facebook and see Jackie Perez with, you know, four muscle stims on every limb eating her paleo plate food that she had delivered. Like, oh, I always muscle stim while I eat my paleo plate. Everybody's basically a walking advertisement now, shilling some product they don't really use, uh, filming themselves eating something they don't really eat. And it just, it's tough because we have so many new people here to the gym. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing because people immerse themselves in the CrossFit um, industry and they're new to it. And they see, and I don't want to say Jackie Perez specifically, but the Jackie Perez's of the world that are somebody in this industry that are an authority with these specific brands and this specific food, and they think that's how it's done, and a lot of times it isn't. I want to be clear. I, I have my L2 with Jackie Perez, and she's really fucking cool. If she listens to this, uh, yeah, it's nothing against you, Jackie Perez. I'm just talking about the the culture in general. The aura uh, of a... people have to make... This is the way athletes have to make their money if they want to be a professional athlete in CrossFit. And, and yeah. There are no other... You know, Nike's not throwing out sponsorships to to CrossFit athletes like they are to you know B level football players or you know college basketball players. So it's I, I get it. It's tough to make a buck, but I think people are also seeing a lot of these things and they're confused by it. And uh, I just wanted to touch maybe on a few of them. When I first started, it was it, you know CrossFit was saying go paleo. There's a couple people out there. Um, you know the whole was it the whole thirty. I think was a big thing. And that was a really cool concept. Um, there was a couple of uh, the original paleo people that kind of found their way out of CrossFit. Wolf uh, Wolf hadn't made his way onto the scene yet, right? Rob Wolf was originally, I think he might have even no, Wolf, owned. Wolf Diet, that didn't make its way onto oh, the scene just yet? No, but Rob Wolf is one of the guys that I'm talking about. Rob Wolf. Yeah. I thought you were saying Raw Wolf. I'm like, that's a good name. Raw Wolf. Raw Wolf. Hey, what's your name? Raw. <laughs> okay, what's your last name? Wolf. The Wolf Diet. <laughs> Let's take a sidetrack. The Wolf Diet is a manifesto that you've written. It is. It's a therapy book for myself. It is a therapy book. I don't think it would be good for anybody to try and follow the Wolf Diet. Well, if you don't want to be the, the Alpha Wolf, then don't follow it. Okay. So Alpha Wolf, what has the Wolf Diet done for you? Everything. Like? Um, you know, to me, it's my ther- It's my own personal therapy book. It is the reminder that when it's easy to go back to the warm and cozy um to stay out in the cold and say no to things and actually this is a great this is a great tangent because i think it does have to line up exactly where we started this conversation which is when 
there's a warm and cozy place 30 yards away and there's a nice warm fire and there's food and milk and cookies and anything you could ever want and you're sitting out in the cold. How are you going to make the decision to continue to stay on the path that you are on? Which I think if you think about where we started this conversation, where athletes feel like sometimes they have to sell out so that they can continue to provide for their families, even though they may not necessarily agree with these supplements or the uh, companies that are sponsoring them. Um, but like you said, it's unfortunate that a lot of CrossFit athletes probably get paid significantly less than a lot of B-roll football players, um, but they've got to do what they've got to do to survive. So a lot of times people make uh, decisions that they probably wouldn't make if they had a blank check uh, just to keep things going. So that's what the Wolf Diet's about. It's staying out in the cold. Uh, the whole concept is getting out of uh, out from under the big top circus, right? So getting away from the, the circus of life and being able to be an awful wolf. Yeah. So okay. there's my there's my therapy manifesto right there. All right. When, when, when can we expect that to be published? I would say within the next couple of months. It's going to be twenty four ninety nine. List at your uh, local. Can get we get somebody to start shilling it? No. I just could get away from free. I only won the CrossFit Games because I read the Wolf Diet. I, and I lived the way of the wolf. While I wore my muscle stem on both legs and ate my Paleo Ice Age delivery food. I can't wait till Wolf Diet gets big and then I sell out and I start getting sponsored by stuff I'd never use. But uh-huh. and then I'm going to be like, I was with the Wolf Diet from the very beginning. <laughs> I was with the wolf when he wasn't the dog. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Actually, he was, he was the dog back then. He was the puppy diet back then. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's thinking of back to the original, like, like I said, like the whole 30, like that was, I think, uh, I forget the name. Do you remember? Are you familiar with the diet? Yeah. So it was it like Melissa and Dallas? I don't know who something. did it, essentially eat whole foods for They were like days. this young couple that I think they had a CrossFit gym somewhere and they started doing this whole diet thing and then I think it started competing with CrossFit a little bit and they kind of went their other way and like following them over the years like it's a kind of thing where like they're still doing this really awesome message for people it doesn't seem like a complete sellout uh, I'm not sure if the the CrossFit thing ever sort of rekindled but uh, you know those are people I think that are you know sort of maintain some respect in the in the business here's a quick uh, flyover of the whole 32 yes eat real food Meat, seafood, and eggs, vegetables and fruit, natural fats, herbs and spices. No, avoid for 30 days. Do not consume added sugar, real or artificial. This includes maple syrup, honey, agave, coconut sugar, and so on. Do not consume alcohol. Do not eat grains. No legumes. No dairy. Uh, Carraginin? Carraginin? I don't know. MSG sulfites. Baked goods, junk foods. Uh, do not step on the scale or take any body measurements for 30 days. Yeah. Ooh, that's a tough one for a lot of people, yeah. myself included. Yeah, people get wrapped up around that. Yep. And, and that's like their excuse to sabotage the whole thing two weeks in, like we talked about in one of the previous episodes. But uh, think about people like like uh, like like them and you know Rob Wolf, who started the whole... I, I feel like he kind of was behind the whole paleo movement at the very beginning. Uh, obviously, this is in the very beginning... Uh, those things started 40,000 BC decades of years ago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 40,000 years ago, Rob Wolf was behind the, the paleo original diet. paleo diet. It's just called the diet back then. Yeah. It's just called <laughs> eating, um, staying alive. But I think that those, there's a couple examples of people that like their, their heart's in the right place. Uh, their, the knowledge is in the right place and it's not presented to you like, Hey, Dan, this is like the only way to go. But you, you start sorting through social media. And I, I think social media is mostly to blame for this. It, it turns into, well, here's the new, you know, you listen to Joe Rogan. Oh, I only do keto. I, you know, I only do intermittent, intermittent fasting. That's the only way to go, man. Like, and it's like, well, wait a second. And he's got, you know, guests on that are experts in the field saying, no, uh, if you're going to do, I don't know, if you're a competitive athlete, 
and you're going to do, you know, like an MMA fighter where you're fighting in three-minute rounds or five-minute rounds, you need a bunch of sugar in your system to train. Like, you need to train in a certain way and have a certain feel. No, 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 this is the best way. And if, you know, this guy was on, you know, this guy would tell you, this doctor would tell you. And nobody really, a lot of these guys don't really know. I don't even really know. That's why I like to have Erica on the podcast. We can talk about some of these things. She can get into the science end of it. And we're going to cover, I've got some notes, we're going to cover some of this stuff in a separate episode where we talk about the nuts and bolts of these things. But I think the rant here is that, hey, be smart about what you're seeing on social media. Don't don't see, oh, you know, so-and-so is, you know, got super thin doing, you know, and, you know, eating only between the hours of two and three every day. Uh, no, take a look at that and, and make sense of it yourself. You know? Can I play devil's advocate for a second? Please. Um, so to an extent, what you are saying is don't get fixed as this is the only way, right? And you feel sometimes that Joe Rogan and others say keto is the only way. And there's obviously science out there that shows different. Any, so Anything is that, that's super specific, mm-hmm. right? Anything is like you must only do A, B, or C. Okay. Right. So I guess that was the second follow-up point is people that have maybe strayed away from CrossFit or that you feel are no longer purists in their form. Um, do you feel like maybe those people are possibly just exploring alternative solutions or different ways that they think they can get to the mountaintop? Different branch of the discussion. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, staying on just the, the diet arm of this, I think that uh, the problem is that there isn't a, for various reasons, I think that, that just the human body in general is, is so complex that it's really difficult for anyone to say that this or that system of eating is perfect. I think, I think it's impossible. On top of that, different people are so individualized, like people have different resistances or different sensitivities to different foods and hormonally they're different, that even if we could say for humans, this diet is the best, for 10% of the humans, it's not, even though it really is on, the, on, a, on a macro level. So that whole discussion really should be, you know, on a, on a broad level, sure we can talk about, like I talk with clients about, hey, on a broad level, let's do this. You know, you should start out by seeing your doctor and you know, going and getting some blood tests and blood work, uh, get some recommendations from your doctor. But on a broad level, hey, we're going to eat, you know, mostly vegetables, lean meats, you know, that kind of thing. And I can guide them, hey, we should be eating about so many times a day and and give them some some broad instructions. But when it comes down to really honing that in and finding out, well, why can't I lose this last little bit? You know, am I insulin resistant? There, there's tests that can be done that can be figured out. You go see a doctor and they, they get that figured out for you. And, you know, that's the way to do it. You're not going to find the answer through Facebook or Instagram, you're going to find the answer through actually going and getting tests done and seeing a doctor. So, you know, going back to one of our previous podcasts uh, with Jason, you know, he found out he had kidney cancer and it saved his life. And it was only because he went to the doctor, got an MRI, you know, followed everyone's instructions and and he had the kidney removed and now he's cancer free. So uh, going to your example about CrossFit, I think the part about the CrossFit people that walk away from CrossFit, maybe make their career in CrossFit, either as an athlete or as a coach, and then walk away from it. And now the thing they do, the thing they're shilling is the thing and CrossFit is stupid and it's going to hurt you. The people that piss me off is they don't give any credit to what got them where they are. And I don't think anybody that's in a position of owning a CrossFit gym or has, you know, that's been doing this for a decade is going to tell you, oh, CrossFit's the only way to work out. I think everybody that's been doing this a really long time will tell you CrossFit is a great way to get better at doing other things. It's a great way to include other sports in your life. Um, 
you know, super great for people that are just new to fitness in general. And uh, I think that it's it would be maybe only new people that are newer to CrossFit that, that get all into it and say, oh, this is the only way to go. They tell their friends, oh, this is the only thing you can do. This will get you in such good shape. I don't think that that is the opinion of people that have been doing it a long time. So, you know, we see a lot of gyms like, I don't know, I'm going to make up. I'm going to make, and if there's a gym out here, sorry, but I'll make up a gym, you know, XYZ CrossFit. And, you know, they go along, they start out, they've got five members out of a garage. They use the CrossFit model. They use the CrossFit marketing. They use the CrossFit methodology. And five years later, they're at a, you know, they're now renting or they own a place and they've got 200 clients and they're making X amount of money. And the owners and they sit back and they go, well, why are we paying three, you know, why are we paying $3,000 a year for our affiliate? Like we, we have all these clients, we know what we're doing. Like we don't need CrossFit. We're now going to be XYZ athletics and drop the CrossFit. And then from there on afterwards, it's about how, well, CrossFit is, you know, CrossFit's terrible. We do our own, you know, we do this, we do that. We do this Jim Jones programming. We do constantly varied movements performed at high intensity. We don't do CrossFit which is essentially what, you know, CrossFit is. So I think that's where, that's what's pissing me off right now. It's, it's people sort of not recognizing that what Greg Glassman came up with was a really elegant solution to a, a problem that hadn't been solved. So what was it like when you were a kid? When you were a kid, how old are you? 32. Okay, so... When you were young, like in high school, like working out at the gym, like was it like for me, all that was out there was like Flex Magazine and like the buffest dude at the gym. Yeah, it was it was very uh, curls, bench and squat. Right. There wasn't a lot of varied movement. It was go to the gym, have the Monday's chest day, Tuesday's tries and arm, you know, whatever the, the day of the week was and do that over and over and over again. And you will see incremental gains over time. And really the measurement was if I did 205 on a bench last week, I need to get to 207 and a half this week. And then next week I need to get to 215. And that was how you really kind of focus and track if you were succeeding. It was the exact same movements every single week. It wasn't a lot of vari variation. Yeah, it was super super linear, right? Everything was a linear progression. We're going to do five by five and do that. And then hope. I guess hope at some point you start adding some more weight on. You yep. can do some more. Um, Lots of protein Nutrition-wise, like same thing. You read some crap in whatever magazine and – and follow the advice of like whatever Lee Haney or Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm just going to eat, you know, four chickens a day and tons of get, supplements. We get jacked. Oh, yeah. no, supplements stacks. Remember stacks, dude, I was cracking up when I was like 17 years old. I bought this like supplement workout package called cybergenics and it came like in a big box and it had like, I'd take the little, little workbook to the gym with me to gold's gym over here. And uh, I would do my little workout and take like, Literally, it'd have like seven packets of vitamins you'd have to take like every day. And you'd take it like just peeing fluorescent. You can see your pee from outer space because you're just pissing away all the vitamins that, you're, that you don't need that you're taking. It was, it was crazy. Stupid. But there wasn't anything out there then. And that was when they were kind of coming up with this CrossFit idea. And it's, and I don't know if it's coincidence that sort of like the dawn of CrossFit also ended up being this sort of nutrition awakening where people became hyper aware of what they're eating and, and trying to, you know, sort that out. But uh, the people that are anti-CrossFit, I've got a couple of different groups that I thought about. One is like the bodybuilder crowd. How many times have you talked to somebody about, oh, you do CrossFit? Oh, you do kipping pull-ups? Oh, I get kipping pull-ups all the time. Yeah. 
Like kipping pull-ups? Yeah, we do kipping pull-ups. We can, you can move your body weight from a hang to getting your chin over the bar. And I can do, I don't know, I could probably do 30 or 40 of those in a minute or two. I don't know how long it would take. We should try it sometime. Try doing that with strict pull-ups, right? Strict pull-ups are fantastic if you're trying to be a bodybuilder and you want to have nice big lats and you want to do, you know, you want to have big, thick muscles that, that look cool when you put spray tan on. But is that, gonna, is that really functional? I mean, and also think about maybe like the concept of work output. If I can do four sets of 10 strict pull-ups in 10 minutes at the gym, it's probably going to be pretty good exercise for building muscle volume, but how much work have I put out, right? So work basically you add the function of time to it. I can do that same amount of pull-ups in a, a, an eighth the time doing kipping, right? I'm still doing the same amount of work. I'm still moving my body through conservation of momentum, using my core muscles, using my legs, you know, using everything together, but I'm still doing that work. I'm still, I'm still pulling my body up to that height. I'm still doing a lot more work. So my answer to those people well, usually when I talk to those people, I realize they don't have any clue what they're talking about. And I just sort of laugh and move along. But anybody that's interested in hearing, there's a, definitely a longer conversation to be had there. Um, and you know what, bodybuilding crowd, you're absolutely right. You want to have giant muscles. CrossFit's probably not the way for you to go. You, you know what? You need to be in a gym doing linear progressions and eating a shit ton of food, probably taking some steroids, and you can grow those nice big muscles, and it looks cool. I mean... It's a lot of work, uh, a lot of dedication to eat, you know, eight to 10,000 calories a day and dedicate your life to, to bodybuilding. But for the most part, when you really get down to the nuts and bolts with people, they are more, you know, hey, man, I just want to look good naked. I want to look kind of like ripped. I want to look like Brad Pitt in Fight Club. And that's not, that's not somebody that's like, that's got 50 pounds of muscle. That's just somebody that's super lean and well-rounded. Right. Yep, balance. Yeah, you know one thing I wish CrossFit had a little bit more of right. that I miss from this, the athletics days, um, like ladder work and footwork. I feel like sometimes I'm a little stumbly on my feet, and I don't think we do a ton of that in CrossFit. Where you're, you know, working, you know, you're doing side shuffles around cones, or you're doing in and outs into a ladder. What's your thought on that? Yeah, you know, we could probably we could probably incorporate a little more coordination work. Why Why do you think CrossFit doesn't do a ton of that type of coordination work? You know, I would imagine just, I've never thought about it until this moment, but Not I would. Not enough hours in the day. No, I think just off the top of my head, if I had to, if I had 10 clients in, and we're pretty unique that we limit our classes to 10 people. If I had 10 people in and I had to set out 10 ladders and like, I don't know, I think it would be, I think equipment wise, uh, organizationally, it might be difficult when we could maybe do some other things that, that work the coordination. Um, you know, it's a good good question. I'm gonna actually give it some thought and see what what's out there that could maybe uh, that could maybe check that box. It's a good thought. What about on the mobility side of things? Um, I think one of my because obviously I'm, I'm dealing with some injuries right now, uh, and I look back at the last year and I go, if I only did this differently, maybe I wouldn't be where I am right now. And I think the two that stand out at me the most are uh, not spending enough time stretching and staying mobile. And the second one is this core work, right? I think we do a ton of core work in CrossFit. Um, I think back similar to the the footwork component, I personally don't think I've done enough varied core work over the last year, year and a half. It's a lot of toes to bar. It's a lot of ab mat sit-ups. Um, but going through physical therapy right now, I'm doing all of these weird 
core stabilization movements that I didn't even think about. Um, and it's actually been very enjoyable because it's like, okay, this is, this is what I need to incorporate into my normal life when I get back in the gym. Well, I think on a future episode, we're going to have a physical therapist in and we can talk to that physical therapist about the being here at the gym as a coach, I hear people go see a chiropractor or a physical therapist and they come back and it's weird. There's little trends that I notice. I'll have 10 people in a row come back from a chiropractor and say, Oh, the chiropractor said my hips out. Chiropractor said my hips out. And I think to myself, well, am I doing something weird with the programming here where I'm throwing everyone's hip out or, you know, is this just the new thing for the chiropractor that the chiropractor is telling everybody this month to get them back in, to have the hip adjusted twice a week? You know, I think a lot of that, is either bullshit or people not quite knowing. I've had a lot of physical therapists or chiropractors say, oh, you hurt your back because you have a weak core. And I'll ask the people, I said, well, did they specify which part of the core they think is weak? Because if you, if you talk about the core, there's a ton of muscles involved, a ton of structure there. Most people, when they think of core, they think of just, oh, like my abs, I don't have a six pack, I have a weak core. But there's, you know, your spinal erectors, there's all kinds of muscles in the front, sides, and back that all contribute to your core. And, you know, maybe there are some, some issues. Maybe we're overstrengthening the abdominal area. You know, it would, be, it would be nice to hear from a physical therapist what exactly they think the problem is, how it's exacerbated, and what muscles could be strengthened. You know, some helpful feedback like that would be great. Yeah, it's so interesting that sometimes you can overstrengthen. And I think a lot of us are probably uh, prone to that, especially in our core area, right? There's a lot of people that probably have really strong backs, really strong quads, and it's pulling their glutes and hamstrings and their abdomen out. And you might have, a lot of times you see those people that kind of have a, a little bit more arch in their back, right? And they got a six pack, but it kind of looks like a belly still. Um, I, I'm almost leaning more now towards how do I balance my core versus focus on strengthening overall strengthening my core. I think I need to strengthen components of my core to catch up to the stronger parts of it. I think in general, we do a pretty good job keeping everybody pretty balanced. Uh, there's some people that, that will maybe take, uh, this is, I think maybe this can be attributed to leaning into your, the things you're good at and staying away from the things you're not good at. Right. So like I'm, I'm better right now at front squatting and my back squats hurt. Maybe I lean it out of my back squats a little bit more. I'm leaning a little more into my front squats. I'm going to keep strengthening my areas that are already stronger and, and sort of neglect the areas that need the help. So, you know, that's something you have to pay a lot of attention to as an athlete. Make sure that you are, you, you actually need to maybe lean into those areas that you don't want or the areas that are weaker. And, and it's okay to avoid some of the areas that are, you know, like, hey, I've got a really strong over my head, right? Weight, weight movements over my head. I could probably not do those for the next six months. I could probably not do strict presses, push presses for the next six months, bench presses, and just worry about squatting. And that would probably get me a lot further along. So Yeah, so what's interesting is to bring this conversation full circle, uh, you look at some of the people that walked away from CrossFit and said, ah, it's the devil, or I found a better way from here. Is that also a subset of people that maybe haven't focused on specific things in CrossFit and have either gotten injured from it or have just neglected it? And now the new thing that they're doing is complementing or supplementing that. And they feel so much better that they think, oh, my God, CrossFit's been this evil thing to me. And this new thing is so much better um, when actually if they just listen to their body a little bit more and they maybe didn't go as heavy and they backed off and they got more balanced, would they, would they still have that same sentiment towards CrossFit? Yeah, that's not the people I'm the people I'm ranting about are the higher level, either coaches or athletes, the, the average Joe that comes in and leaves CrossFit like it's not for me. Maybe they have just 
I think that might have just been a like a either maybe we did a poor job of explaining what we do or setting up the right expectations or they had the wrong expectations. You know, they maybe came into it looking for a hypertrophy program where they're going to get super thick. And what we do here at the gym is we look to lean people out and make people you know move well. And that's not if your goal is to be a professional power lifter, professional weightlifter or a bodybuilder, like that's not what we do here. And a lot of gyms, you know, there's some CrossFit gyms out there that, that try and maybe cater to all people. Oh, yeah, we'll do CrossFit and then you'll do a bodybuilding program and then you'll do this. Um, one in particular, there's a ex-CrossFit athlete that now owns his own gym and shills his own, you know, uh, programs. You know, for $350 a month, you can buy his online program where he's going to do functional bodybuilding. And, you know, it's the same side of same kind of crap, but with some extra this, extra that, some arm curls thrown in. And now it's, oh, CrossFit, you know, CrossFit's a terrible model. You know, group fitness is a terrible model. You need to do private training. And, and it's all, all of that advice is really more based around, you know, selling the product that he has. That's, that's what I'm really more upset with is that people selling product that's not necessarily better for people, you know, for the average Joe, just for profit's sake, right? Yeah, I'm sure everybody wishes they could afford to just buy group training or uh, private training. If I, if everybody came to me and said, hey, I want to, I want to pay you 350 bucks a month, 400 bucks a month, and I'm just going to come in and do an hour with just you, we could probably do some, I could probably individualize it a little bit more. And I could probably give those people a little bit better experience. Is it worth paying double or triple? I would say probably not. And we're unique because we have small, we have a smaller structure and we kind of attack it a little bit differently. Bigger CrossFit gyms where they have 20, 30, 40 person classes, then that might be a little bit more valuable thing. But as I like to point out to a lot of people, like unless you're at the highest end already, being in the, the group class, that's probably enough for you. You don't need to worry about doing separate programming when you're lucky to come in and you still can't do a pull-up, you still can't do pretty much you know any of the main exercises without gassing out in the first five minutes. Those group classes are going to be perfect for you. You know, you need to you need to build some of the basic skills and 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 then at some point maybe adding in some private training or if you have some special limitations, uh, you know, maybe consider it then. But you know, just advising everybody, oh yeah, you should be in private training. Well, no shit. If I had, you know, I hey, you should also have a private chef that cooks for you. And that private chef will only cook you food that's gonna make you like at the, at the optimal body size, right? So a lot of these things are really just sort of no shit. No shit things. Like, no shit. Of course, yeah, everyone should have private training, sure. Everyone should have a private chef, sure. But in the real world, you know, where people, 150 bucks a month is a lot of money to spend on going to a gym. With that, you're getting, you know, training, you're getting a community, you're getting nutrition advice, you're getting, you know, we're, there's a lot here that comes with CrossFit. And that's, I think, what the way Greg Glassman built it. And that's what, that's what it's about. And the people that are off now trying to sell their own product, they try and pull away from that and make it sound like that's not what it's about. But those are the same people that, that sort of, I think, bastardized their version of CrossFit, you know, all the people that, oh, CrossFit's cool, but now we're in, we're going to have strength biased CrossFit. We're, we're going to do the, you know, 15 minute wad, but then we're going to do 47 back squats after with, you know, at our one rep max, you know? Yeah. 
And I think for all those people that think you need to have a personal trainer to accomplish your goals, no, that's just a roadblock you've put in front of yourself. I mean, there's not a lot you can accomplish with grabbing a coach for five minutes after a session to work through something, setting up your iPhone on a, a, a J cup, recording that technique with your coach until your coach says, yes, that's good. And then go off on your own and do it and record yourself on your iPhone and compare that to the actual proper technique. Like you can, you can get pretty far if you wanted to for pretty cheap. I think this concept of, oh no, well, I need a personal chef and a personal trainer and I'm going to pay someone $300 a month for their monthly subscription so that I have one-on-one time. It's just an excuse you're making to not have to do the hard work. Yeah. And I think there's a little bit of a, like, Hey, look at me. I want to be special. Like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to do group training. I'm an athlete. I'm going to go, I want to do my own thing over in the corner here. I want to have my own programming, like the word programming. I got to have my own programming. It's like, do you really need your own programming? Like, are you really that good to where what we're doing here with the group isn't good? I mean, the stuff that we do with the group is good enough for, for me and Christy and all of our athletes. You know, Christy, I think, finished at 30th in the world this year in her age group. I mean, and she doesn't do any extra work. She does the group workouts every day and goes at them hard and follows the advice. And, and you know, sure, she might be a little bit better. We might be able to, you know, get that extra couple percent if we had her doing some extra stuff. But, you know, she doesn't really care about that. You know, we, we care about you know, running the gym and just being in shape and enjoying the community. So yeah, there's, there's, there are some athletes out there that maybe need that. Um, for the most part, I'm guessing you're probably not one of them. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably an average person that wants to look better naked. And, um, you know, it, it's not, there's not some special magical thing out there. It's, it's about coming in and just doing the work. And I'm not, I, I harp on that. I feel like every podcast, so I don't want to go down that road again, but, um, you know, that's, that's, that's where it's at. Come in, do the work and there's no special thing. Um, there's another, I think branch of that, which is, you know, the group of people that talk bad about CrossFit. I think maybe there's some group that have been to some crappy CrossFit gyms and we've traveled a lot. I've been to a lot of gyms all over the world. And I've run into a lot of crappy CrossFit gyms. You know, you walk in and the coach turns the TV on and starts Romwad and says, there's your warm-up. We're starting the workout at, at 6.30. And at 6.30, he comes in, the workout's on the board, clicks the three, two, one, go. And at the end, you know, collects everyone's time and doesn't even write them on a board and says, you know, see you later, next class, come in. You know, there's a lot of crappy CrossFit gyms out there. And I think that uh, the original CrossFit model of not limiting affiliates so we could have, you know, in our town, we've got five, right, essentially on top of each other. The good ones will drive out the bad ones. So people people end up where they want to go. Maybe people like that, showing up and not having to see a coach and don't want to do their own thing. Or maybe people like going to the, the CrossFit in town that's more of a competitor's gym. Who knows? But uh, the people that have been to the bad ones, they'll walk away and they're like, oh, CrossFit sucks. I went in and I, I tore my shoulder and, you know, Coaches didn't give a shit and CrossFit's terrible. It's like, well, no, you went to a crappy CrossFit gym, you know, and I'm sure it's like that with any other gym, you know, there's, there's a lot of good places out there and a lot of bad, there's a lot of great gyms that aren't CrossFit. So, um, yeah, trust your gut people. Yeah. If something feels off, it's probably off. Yeah. Or the, you know, the copycat gyms, you know, that they have, you know, we have a gym in town here that has like like the tennis club and then they have a gym and then they have their, I forget what they call it. It's not, it's like, it's not CrossFit. It's like, it's like the fit cross program at the, it's not the box. Like we, 
we go out in the cube and work out. And it's like, okay, like this is obviously a knockoff and you don't want to get sued by CrossFit, but um, why not just, why not just affiliate? Why not just, I mean, if you want to be that close to CrossFit, it's whatever, a couple grand a year, you know, affiliate and, and, and kind of jump in with the team, you know, or go do your own thing, have confidence, go do your own thing, but don't, don't be like, Hey, we're just like CrossFit, but we're better. It's like, well, if you're better, then why are you talking about CrossFit? Um, another branch of that tree is the, my sport is the best people I run into now a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu people or people that do MMA or people that do whatever other sport. They're like, no, this is a better way to train. And it's like, okay, like I, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to enter into that conversation with you because you like, you have no idea what you're talking about. So all those things are probably a great way to be in shape, but I think that that is super limited. And if you want to get in shape to wrestle around with another guy, then go join a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gym. There, I mean, there's other things, obviously. It's, it's great uh, fighting, you know, all the skills there. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's a bad way to go for that. I'm saying for if you're to join a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gym just for physical conditioning, I would say you, you're going to have a rough, you're going to have a rough go. It's like join a CrossFit gym for a year to get in decent shape, then join a jujitsu gym so that you can not be completely spent, you know, don't get wiped up. Or you'll still be spent. Well, you'll still be spent. But you can you, just come back tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, you're not gonna, yeah, you're not gonna hate it because it's yeah. gonna make it a lot easier for you. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of people out there that have this uh, very binary view of sport and I can only do this. If I'm doing this, then I can't do other things. And a lot of sports are super complementary to each other. You look at swimming, in CrossFit, for example, right? You think of, we talked about core work earlier, like you think about kicking your feet underwater, whether you're doing a freestyle or a backstroke, like you're working different parts of your body that you're just not going to work in CrossFit. And a lot of times, if you feel like you're getting injured or you're constantly walking out of the gym sore, sometimes doing a complimentary sport like that is actually gonna get you back in the gym faster because you're strengthening components that you're missing. Yeah, I, I, I know some like triathlon people, they're like, Oh, I went and I did, I did some deadlifts and I hurt my whatever. And you know, that's a stupid way to, obviously I can't train that way. I'm going to get hurt and it doesn't allow me to do my other training. And my answer is, well, no, that's not, it's not a poor way of doing it. The way that you did it was poor and it might not be your fault. Maybe we screwed up. Maybe, you know, we didn't do a good job with you. Maybe, you know, the way you were going after it was wrong. Uh, but no, definitely there's room for any sport uh, doing some kind of CrossFit-like training. Um, okay, another branch of that tree, I'm going to call it the mom branch of the tree. Like, you're going to get hurt. My mom still says that stuff. This recent injury that I've been dealing with, every every time me and my parents go to lunch, like after church on a Sunday, and I'm telling them, like, what, you know, the, the most recent updates at the doctor – they roll their eyes and they're like, it's MMA, it's CrossFit. Oh, Nick, you hurt yeah. yourself doing CrossFit. That's exactly how it sounds. If you're, yeah, she probably sounds <laughs> My mom doesn't sound like that. What does she sound like? <laughs> she's never going to no, listen to this. She, I know. Actually, she, I made her subscribe to the podcast. Okay, yeah, yeah but she's never going to listen hey, to Hey, you hurt yourself again. No, that's kind of funny. Though. <laughs> she doesn't sound like that whatsoever. Mom, if you listen, you don't sound like that. Your mom sounds like the woman in the basement from Monsters Incorporated. <laughs> Mike Wazowski, you're late. <laughs> exactly. Looking at you, I can picture your mother sounding like that. My mother's a very nice lady. I'm sure she is. Um, no, but they look at me. It's like the walk of shame. I go to I go to lunch after church. How's your back feeling? Oh, it really sucks right now. 
And they just give you that look of like, I told you you shouldn't be doing that CrossFit thing. And it's like, God damn it, leave me alone. You don't know how much I enjoy this. Yeah. yeah. For sure. The mom branch of the tree stuff. But the worst, I, I'm going to say probably almost the most difficult one is the uh, wife-husband branch of the tree. So that's the one where, especially if they're not involved in CrossFit, or even worse, they're not involved in any kind of athletics. That makes it so difficult because unless they're in just one of those people that just happens to be in super great shape without doing anything, like they don't understand what it takes. They don't understand how to eat. And they see you eating well, uh, going to the gym as like almost like an affront to them. Like you, you must hate me because you go to the gym. Like you love those people more than you love me. Like you're just eating well so you can look better for the girls at the gym or the guys at the gym. Uh, there's so much to that. It's I, if I can get people to join the gym as a couple, like it, it's so much better because it's so the meal prep is easier. Eating out, you don't have one person going, "Hey, man, we're going to hometown buffet," and then you got to go with them because you're the spouse and you don't want to say, "Well, you go by yourself." Well, look at all the success stories in the gym of the couples that have right. have started coming. I mean, I saw some. I can't remember who I saw. I think it was Floor or someone where you did like a before and after picture. I think it was Floor. You did a before and after picture, and I just I had a double take, and I was like, "What, dude? Yeah, it, what at five one? Yeah, like she I mean, went from like one forty to like ninety eight pounds. Amazing, right? And it's I totally agree with you. And there's there's a couple other couples, and I can't name you people off the top of my head, but um, yeah, because you haven't been here for two when, months. Oh, it's true. When people come and no one's called me to ask me if I'm doing okay because I'm hurt right now. Let's well, so. see all the time. Well, I don't if need everyone to could start calling me and make you know sending me gifts and stuff, I, I'd be totally cool with okay. that. When you see couples come in. And you see them make that transformation together. I think a couple things. Easier, not easier, couple, still hard. A couple things for the couples. A couple things for the couples. It's still hard, but you see them go through that journey together. The solidification, if that's even a word, how much their relationship gets solidified and their feeling of we can do anything together as long as we stick together. Um, and then at the end of the day, like what a great impression if they have kids. What a great example for their kids is hey, me and your husband or me and your dad or me and your mom are doing this together. And their kids see them in that much success like what's the validation and the confidence that the kid is given as well yeah it's also a cool thing like how often like every now and then like hell i feel that way you feel this way you're like i don't feel like working out today right and like if you're not if you're not in it with somebody like christy be like come on we're going to the gym it's like i don't feel like it she's like just fucking get over it come on you'll feel better afterwards it's like all right like having that person that's that's in like it's very rare that both people at the same time are going to be like oh we don't feel like it right like so it's somebody that kind of helps you keeps you motivated isn't sort of the anchor dragging you back and uh it's i think it makes it a lot harder if you're trying to make this sort of journey without somebody that's super supportive and a lot of people have super supportive spouses that want nothing to do with crossfit or fitness or whatever and that's fine and that's awesome but I think that that is a uh, that's definitely a big roadblock that people need to kind of get their arms around. Like, hey, are, if you're with somebody, if there's somebody in your life that's super unsupportive, like that's something that's got to be figured out. Because even if you get fit, that's still going to be there. A person that hates you going to the gym because they're they're jealous. When you reach your goal of body weight, body composition, you're eating well. That jealousy is not going to go away. So that's something that's got to be it's got to be figured out. So uh, kind of we kind of veered off. This is in my notes to talk about, but we kind of veered off. And I guess taking to pull it back to where my original ranting was coming from, I was reading an article in the, the Morning Chalk Up. It's kind of a CrossFit-adjacent 
publication. They have some op-eds that they post every now and then. And it's this uh, Emily Beers talking about how the title of the article is Message to Affiliates. If you're only offering group classes, you're basically Zumba. So the article goes on to talk about how, you know, you're charging, you know, 100 to $200 a month for CrossFit and have you ever, you know, considered why and it goes on to talk about how, you know, it's probably because you don't have, you know, very good coaches or, you know, you know whatever. And we should really be charging three, $400 a month for, you know, for classes that offer a lot more private training and, and this and that. And it's just kind of a hard, you know, you go through the article and read it. And I think, you know, it, that goes back to my no shit. Yeah, well, no shit. It, it'd be great if we everyone could go buy private training. And if they had that motivation and had that kind of money, they probably would already be doing it. <laughs> so pointing that out, you know, it, it's not, I don't think it's a downfall of a gym to say, oh, we have a, a membership that costs X amount of dollars because we can't, we don't think the market will bear a membership that costs four times that. And I want to be able to get our product out to as many people as I can. And I don't think that it is, uh, I don't think that, you know, shilling, Trying to, trying to drive profits up is worth not being able to help more people. And, you know, a lot of these people that write these articles are writing it for their own benefit. You know, they offer, well, A, they're trying to write a controversial article that people will repost and talk about because it makes them look better. And then, uh, B, they probably offer some version of their own, you know, oh, I, hey, I happen to have my own functional bodybuilding program that I'll sell you for $300 a month. You know, there's always something behind it. And uh, I just don't, I don't, I don't buy a lot of these things and it, it, it pisses me off. So if you're new to this whole thing and you're, you're reading some of these things, uh, I think that you need to take it with a grain of salt and try and look for what's behind it. You know, the, uh, the Emily Beers of the world who basically, you know, lives her life writing these little articles and trying to create her own little niche in, uh, in, in the fitness world. It's, this has been going on. It didn't start with her. This has been going on for a long time. You know, back in the day, the very first CrossFit, one of the athletes was James Fitzgerald, ended up uh, leaving CrossFit and starting OPT, which is now, I think, OPEX Fitness. Pro a huge, super talented, super smart guy. I've met him, really nice guy. Um, you know, for a while, it was kind of, a, kind of an anti-CrossFit guy. I don't think, I'm guessing he's successful. He doesn't really care anymore. Um, but there's a lot of these people out there that have, you know, kind of made their own branch to try and, you know, make their own deal. And my point is that, hey, you can be OPEX, you can be whatever, you can be, you know, Marcus Philly's functional bodybuilding program. But that doesn't have to be something that is at odds with CrossFit. That, that can be something that's that's just another option, you know. Hey, you can go to CrossFit or you can go to this other gym and pay, you know, $500 a month for, you know, three-person classes and then one group session a week. You know, if that works for you, great. Or, you know, maybe your gym will start, you know, ask your gym if they have personal training. Most people are fine with the, with the, with the uh, group classes, though. So that's the, uh, that's the rant. So people, when you're uh, reading through the socials, reading through the socials, have, uh, have the awareness to look at the motivation of who's writing the articles, who's shilling the thing, you know, who's selling what. Most of the stuff out there is crap. Most of the supplements out there are crap. You don't, you're not going to need 99% of the supplements out there. You're not going to need the muscle stim. You're not going to need the, 
the cryo whatever the the compression boots and the sauna and the this and the that and yeah those things they they can make you feel good and so does getting a massage great go do that every now and then people have been doing hot baths and cold baths since the roman era i mean it's not this isn't a new thing but we don't that's not some new form of fitness where you're going to go get you know you're going to get some ice bath four times a week and be stronger it, it's just it's an, it's another little thing you can add to your arsenal but you know be smart about it uh, take a look around take a look at what the motivation is and, and make it a good decision and if you have any questions ask somebody that's in a position to probably know what works and what doesn't what do you think yep i agree <clears throat> trust your gut you know you i think everybody out there is pretty smart and they know what works for them so if something feels off, if you feel like there is an alternative motive in uh, somebody's intent, that's probably because there is, and you can trust your gut for it. Over the years, have you have you ever had something where you like bought into it, like hook, line, and sinker, hook, line, and sinker, and then later thought, oh Jesus, what the hell did I do? I look at like yeah, every across it, every purchase, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, this membership, every purchase five years after I look at, it, and I'm like, oh yeah, I get that thing now. I see what I did there. So, no, I think it happens to everybody, right? Fitness-related, though. Yeah. There's got to be something. Like, I remember when I was a kid, I had to have, like, the giant spring that had a handle on each uh-huh. side. And you'd and squeeze you'd it together. just bend it yep. in the middle. Yep. And it was like, that is going to give me... I, I'm going to have Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because there's a picture, I yeah. think, of Arnold Schwarzenegger bending one of those yep. with his giant pack. I'm like, I am going to get so ripped okay, with so this basically car spring with a handle on each side. So mine was, like, early college. It was uh, a combination of no explode, which was a pre-workout, a nitric oh, oxide no pre-workout, yes, yep. and hydroxy cut, which was like, I think at the time was still ephedra based. It was ephedrine mm-hmm. based. And that combination, and I was a soccer player, um, and I took it for all of like a week and a half, and no one ever told me that something was wrong with it. I was just like, man, my heart feels like it's pounding out of its chest. I can't run. What, what's going on with me? And like a year later, I find out like that no explode is basically diabetes. Uh, dilating your blood vessels so that your blood pressure drops so that your heart rate speeds up so that it can you know give you the pump feel uh, and then obviously a feature in hydroxycut so um yeah i think that's the one that i look at and go jesus christ you almost gave yourself a heart attack at 19 years old what were you doing what was the stuff that had the ephedra in it before hydroxycut um, like the super popular one that was available yeah i know what you're talking about i don't remember the name of it anymore i would take that they were talking going back to like 94 95 in the marine corps we'd have a like our physical fitness test and i would take like a handful of those things before we'd go running and then right afterwards they they you actually have like a physical exam so they take your blood pressure and I remember one of the times the guy took my blood pressure. It's like, you, I don't know how you're alive right now. Your blood pressure is like 280 over 120. He's like, or 280 over like 200. Like, you should be dead. And I thought, oh, maybe I took too much of the, uh, whatever that was, and uh, came back the next day and it was normal. And then I thought, that's eh, probably not healthy yeah. to be taking all of that crap. Yep. Even though in Flex Magazine it said, I should. It's funny because I see people now that still take pre workouts. And they think it's their bulletproof vest. Like some people, they go, no, I got to take my pre-workout before this this wad or I'm not going to perform as good as I can. And knowing what I know now, I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude, what are you doing to yourself? It comes down to habit. People get little habits and that's cool because if you have those little habits, you can actually kind of twist those around into something that's a little better for you, right? So maybe instead of the pre-workout, you have a little bit of coffee or something. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can use those things to your benefit, but you have to be, you have to recognize, you know, you have to do the research and recognize when things are good for you and when they're bad for you. But the little habits are great, you know, having to have that whatever drink, like I like to have, I'll have a bang energy drink or a whatever, a monster 
right before I work out. Which is probably not good for you either. You know, it is actually. Oh, caffeine, Christ. caffeine. I can't uh, wait to listen having to this a in five big, years. No, no, have a big, <laughs> big dose of caffeine right around workout time. And there's some debate about before or after uh, for recovery. You know, I like it just, I think, I feel like it just makes me a little bit more uh, clear going into the workout, coming out, you know, coming out of work all day uh, or in the morning, you know, 7 a.m. on a Saturday, Sunday. But uh, I also think there's this component of something might not be the best for you, but does it does it take away from something else that's really bad? So a great example is coming out of work, probably dealing with some stress at work. If the bang energy drink makes you feel better and lets you detox a little bit, right? And it gets you in the right headspace going into a workout. And in fact, gives you the motivation to do that workout every single day. Okay, what's worse for you? The stuff that may not necessarily be so great in the drink or maybe avoiding going to work out because you're not taking the drink and you feel so stressed and you let that go from day to day. Dude, that's a fucking awesome point. People get wrapped up around stupid shit when they should be looking at the big picture, right? Oh, hey, don't drink uh, diet soda because it has aspartame in it. Uh, okay. Your diet is, I would be willing to guess, not you, but in general, people's diets are pretty screwed up to begin with. And there's a shit ton of things that I would cut out of the diet before I would worry about the amount of aspartame that's in even a liter of Diet Coke. So if you're drinking a liter of Diet Coke a day, but you are eating all vegetables, fruits, lean meats, you know, some nuts and seeds. and Keeps you from the cookies. It keeps you out of the cookies. I would say, you know what? Awesome. Maybe we can start weaning out of that when you get to the point where you're not the cookies and all the other crap aren't a big draw for you. We can maybe wean that back a little bit, you know, start moving our way into maybe like a seltzer water or, you know, something like that. Eventually get into water that, I mean, that's not the problem. The problem is the, you know, double handful of cookies or the corn dippers from Trader Joe's or whatever the crap you're eating all day. You know, that's where the problem is. The amount of, you know, eating twice as many calories during the day that you need to eat, eating too many carbs, you know, there's, a super long list of important things and people it's sometimes get wrapped up around the little things, you know, or the bro advice from their friend. Oh my, I heard on, I heard on uh, whatever, uh, whatever documentary that, you know, Diet Coke will kill you. It's like, okay, do a little research. Like Diet Coke is not going to kill you. Yeah. But I think also what you said about the good gyms, weeding out the bad ones, right? The lack of uh, affiliate blocking right. so that everyone kind of weed each other out. Uh, and I don't think that was the intent behind it, but it happens. Uh, same thing with the diet. Like I think eventually when, when you're on a roll and you've lost 15 to 30 pounds, 40 pounds, how much you've lost, and Diet Coke is that last thing that you feel like is a vice, eventually you start kind of not feeling good about drinking it and you naturally walk away from it anyways. So yeah, I totally agree with you. I think you know if you've got your vices, just make sure that the vice itself is doing less harm than the benefit of all the positive things that you're incorporating into your life. And eventually you're going to weed those things out to whatever capacity you would like to weed them out. Yeah. So uh, somebody that knows what they're talking about, obviously somebody smarter than you and I. Myself? Oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Uh, they can help you triage the things in your life, right? Like, okay, so I'm doing an ounce of cocaine a week. I am drinking four bottles of wine every night. And I also drink six Diet Cokes during the day. And uh, instead of eating lean meat, I have bacon for one day. And it's like, okay, well, let's not start with the bacon or the Diet Coke. Let's start with like the drug habit or the alcohol addiction. You know, let's uh, to make it's a stupid example, but let's start with the big things and work from big to small. You think anyone is really honest when they go to the doctor and the doctor's like, all right, you got some really bad blood panels Nobody's here. Nobody's honest with you, doctor. <laughs> do you do any drugs? The problem, you know, I'm yeah. doing a lot of reading about 
about like uh, the science behind all these things, the recommendations they make. And they're all based on surveys that doctors do where they ask people how they eat. And every one of these people like, hey, so uh, you get the questionnaire, like whenever you go to the doctor, how many, how much alcohol do you drink during the week? And it's like, uh, it's zero. like zero. Zero to one. Or it's uh, <laughs> one to two alcoholic beverages per week, one to two alcoholic beverages per day, or like two plus alcoholic beverages per day. Nobody clicks the two plus alcoholic beverages per day box. Even if you're having three glasses of wine at night, nobody's checking that box. So all these studies that we have for all of our all the all the stuff that they're making these decisions on for the American Heart yeah. Association and everything, they're all based on bullshit. That's so funny. They, they just ask people, Yeah, how's your diet? It's pretty good. Yep. Oh yeah. It's I saw you at Home Down Buffet yesterday <laughs> eating a tray of brownies. Oh yeah, well I forgot about that. So you know, the, we've talked about this on previous podcasts. I stopped drinking December, right? And it wasn't any like acute thing that was like I need to stop. It was like I'm just kind of over it right now, and I still am. And um, but I, we, you're weird. I know I do a lot of weird things, but uh, we just had to get life insurance. We just bought a life insurance policy in the company, and I had to do the questionnaire with where'd, the person. Where'd you get the life insurance from? Oh, uh, Henry Rodriguez State Farm. Uh, State Farm is that a local insurance like, company? Like he's a very good neighbor, and State okay. Farm was there. It's a local insurance. Shout out to Henry. Henry. Henry Rodriguez. Henry uh, co-sponsors our uh, committed club that we do every month. Yep. At the gym, we get those nice Yeti tumblers. And he's probably going to sponsor our podcast pretty soon. Oh, you know what? Maybe. Be great if you'd like to be mentioned. Great, again. great State Farm agency. Otherwise, there's a Liberty Mutual guy that I know. Yeah, nah, don't uh, ditch the Liberty Mutual guy. Okay. Got me an amazing deal on life insurance. Okay, I had to do the questionnaire with the person on the phone where they ask you if you right. smoke and right. work out and all that stuff. They're like, do you drink? And I said, no, I don't drink. And they're like, okay, bud, come on, like, <laughs> come on. You sound like an asshole. Yeah, like, like you should drink. And I'm like, no, I swear. And then I was like, <laughs> okay, well, here's the deal. And I explained it to him. I'm like, look, I just stopped in December. I do occasionally, but right now, no, zero. And they were like, okay, at least you were honest with us. But it's funny that you're right. Like, no one says, no, I don't do anything. Or, but definitely people don't be like, oh, yeah, I do two plus a day. Like, I, I rip a pack of cigs every single day. Yeah. Yeah. No one's, no one's ever going to be honest about those things. God. And that's what they're basing all of those. I know. All of, all of the big surveys are, are done that way. I know. So it's well, kind same, of. You know what else is scary is uh, children, when they go in to get their like percentiles, when like you are the 50th, 40th percentile, right. 90th percentile. What's scary is like both of our kids and my wife is really conscientious about what we fed our kids, especially, you know, when, when they were first born and um, our kids both were in like the fifth or less weight percentile all the way. I mean, I think my three-year-old still is, but our five-year-old definitely until he got to like four, four and a half, right? And a lot of it is because the top end of that index there is there is a correction for obesity. Oh yes. Yeah. So it's really crazy that like oh my kid was in the seventieth percentile of weight. Okay. Well, let's that's across all people, right? And whatever the scale is, I don't know how. I don't know that I want to be in the. It's kind 70th of concerning. Yes. Yeah, so when they tell us that our kids are in the fifth percentile, the I'm like perfect. High five. They're right where they yeah. right where they should be. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, well, you could crazy. let them out of the locked cabinet. I should every and once in a while. The closet. Right. Yeah. Little Ellie and Gonzalez, you locked away <laughs> down there. You kidding me? Those kids are those kids could pick a lock if they needed to at this point. Yeah, so. it's a it's a kind of a scary thing, but yeah. yeah. So trust your gut, people. Uh, listen to good advice from people that you trust, and surround yourself with people that uh, you know. There's very few absolutes in life, so always be cautious when you hear someone that you've just recently met that is very absolute about a specific way of doing things, especially someone that doesn't understand your unique biochemistry, your personal and physical history, 
be careful of people that are that are absolutists. Yeah, and maybe I'm not sure how good of a job you and I have done mentioning. I mean, we always throw in our funny little thing. Hey, call a real doctor. We're not nobody confuses us with doctors, but uh, you know, I think we're gonna dig. We're gonna go in a little bit harder with some ex- experts over the next couple of podcasts. We've got uh, a recovery protocol that Eric is going to come back with, uh, where we're going to talk about some actual specific uh, blend of things that we can take in, in terms of supplements, not the big, sexy-sounding commercial supplements, but but some some doctor-based good advice for most people for how to recover from working out and how to maybe get a little better sleep. We're going to dig in a little bit uh, on a series of podcasts where we're going to talk about the keto and intermittent fasting and um, you know some of the other thing, sort of trend diets, a Mediterranean diet, uh, where we're going to kind of get into the mechanics of it. Like, what is this actually doing for you? Because I think people get confused. Like, oh, I'm in ketosis. I can go eat 42 steaks. And it's like, well, that's not really the way. That's not what's happening. There's no, you're still just eating less calories. It's a lot of other things happening there, but... You know, you're intermittent fasting, you're just eating less calories because you're only doing one meal a day. So we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of that and kind of dive down those rabbit holes. But in between, definitely go see your doctor, get the blood panel done, uh, you know, find out what your triglycerides are, trying to find, you know, find out what, all, you know, get a full, um, uh, get a, a blood pressure done, get your uh, cholesterol done, get a full cholesterol though, get, you know, you want your LDL and your VLDL and your HDL and figure out, you know, the different good and bad cholesterols. So let's, let's, let's be smart about it and seek out some expert advice. Uh, tune back in. We're going to have some, some more podcasts with some experts and some guests on these things uh, so that we can, you know, go a little bit further down the rabbit hole. Cool. And if you're sick of the keto diet, I just jumped off keto. I'm on the Frito diet now if anybody wants to join me. Frito diet? Yep. I'm yeah. in Frito. T- just Fritos? Just Fritos. I'm in Fritosis all the time. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> on that note. Fritosis. Wait, hold on. What is the benefit of fritosis? Oh, it's great. I mean. You feel you get, jittery? You're jittery. You get to lick your fingers throughout the day and taste the Fritos. A lot of salt. You will never have not enough sodium in your diet. You know, I, I don't remember where I picked it up, but. Uh, wild dogs. Wild dogs will chase you because they want to eat and they want to lick your fingers. It's nice. Back in the uh, days when I was in the Marine Corps and we'd have to every now and then, you know, we get. the MREs had food warmers, but not all of them back then. And those were pretty new. And sometimes we'd make little fires or whatever, uh, and people, you know, every now and then someone didn't have the materials to make a big fire. Great way to start a fire is a lighter and a couple of Fritos. Oh, that's interesting. The oil, light one on fire and see what happens. And the oil they will actually burn, light it up. It burns like a little blowtorch. Mm, they probably taste good after that, too. They don't taste good after that. Well, but beauty's they, not they, a beholder. That's, that, that is one of my vices. I do love the Fritos, but they are also very flammable and very good fuel sources. You know what? Fire. Fritos good, good with everything. Think about it. You could put them in a uh, trail mix, right, or one of those party mixes. No problem. Put them on a salad. You can put Fritos on a salad all day. Chili. I don't, I don't think this advice is is trending towards the health part. Mm, I think this is it's a Frito diet. It's this a little, you know, this is a, a, akin to the Wolf diet. Well, it is. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's a distant cousin. Right. But you have a couple of Fritos, you feel bad about yourself, you get back in the gym, work harder. <laughs> oh, this is a way of shame, self shaming. Yeah, it's a Frito shame diet. Perfect. Yeah, stand in the mirror naked on a scale while you're eating Fritos. <laughs> Yeah, and I used to stream those. Uh, that's how I made my money. I used to do that for money. It's all my, it's all my videos. It's all my films. To my the, picture films. Feeder films. Yeah, it's all my picture films. Yeah, okay. We should probably stop. <laughs> all right, let's this, put a bow on this. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. We will talk to you guys uh, next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.